City again, and it's three, and an absolutely exquisite finish with two and a half minutes to go, and we've talked her up, Darren Hemp, and we've said what a good player she's going to be. And what a fine goal it was to wrap up the FA Cup final. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of MCW Fancast. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Dan Pentland from the FAWSL Full Time magazine. Nice to have you back, Dan. How are you? Yeah, long time no speak. Nice to speak to you, innit? I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, plodding along <laughs> as you as you best you can, given the circumstances. I mean, it's it's been quite a difficult time for us all uh, of late, especially obviously coming to terms with the the intensity really of of COVID nineteen and its impact that it's had. Um, these are most certainly unprecedented times, and, and it's difficult to talk about because we face so much uncertainty at the moment. There have been so many discussions that are yet to be had, decisions to be made. But it, the information that we do know, how are you feeling about the prospects of this current season resuming and the completion of the league? Um, there's pros and cons, I think. I think I was looking earlier today, and obviously BBC broke the news that um, the season could be delayed. Uh, the completion of it up until the end of I think sorry early August um, providing that we're underway again by the end of June taking in mind possibly 12 weeks of lockdown or self-isolation will probably bring you to about the second last week of June mm-hmm. it gives you probably nine weeks to fill it, to complete the season I think some clubs have got I think Birmingham have the most don't they I think and games mm-hmm. um, so what the week um, probably oh sorry it's going to be less than that isn't it beginning of July beginning of, beginning of July sorry it's going to be about six weeks so yeah, you can probably say one per weekend and three midweeks out of six or something like that mm-hmm. um, probably doable for the FA Women's Super League clubs um, obviously the full time players it's very much their job Um Obviously, they've got a little bit of time now for a bit of rest and um, kind of to, to look after themselves whilst mm. keeping fit and keeping on top of their training programmes. Uh, but yeah, there's, providing that we, we're up and running by the end of June again, that's mm. probably about the limit to be able to get it completed by the time, um, the, the deadline which the, um, the Football Association are currently thinking about. Um, I do have concerns of the championship. I think there's a lot of travelling in the championship. Some of the northern clubs in particular, um, the likes of Durham and Sheffield, a lot of London games in that league. It's there's gonna be it's gonna be quite daunting um, on their travels, but also some of these players are balancing um, jobs as well as playing. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you're gonna have to factor in midweek games there, it's gonna be very, very tough for that league to complete. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm just not sure whether that you know the championship is going to be able to end. Yeah, I mean, and not only that as well, but we've you've got to think about those fixtures that have already been postponed that hasn't been factored into the fixtures that were already there. So uh, games, you know, where Chelsea had got games in hand that we'd lost games to like Storm Kira, Storm Dennis. I mean, those games as well, we've got to think about those games that have also got to be factored into this. Yeah, and there's certain specific factors for some clubs as well. For example, I know that Liverpool is a prime example. Um, there is proposed work um, to happen at their home ground at Prenton Park over the summer. Now, if their games, um, if the season begins again, you'd have to think that they would have to play away. I think they've still got, they've still got City to play as well at Prenton Park this season. Yeah, it, that was one one of the first fixtures that, that we do back. That fixture won't take place at Prenton Park. It's going to take place somewhere else. Mm. But every club is probably going to be playing catch up a little bit in terms of. You know the day-to-day stuff as well as the the stuff on the pitch. Um, so yeah, that, that's one thing straight away that I think Tottenham might be in the same position. London B might be in the same position um, with regard to their home grounds needing immediate um, work to the pitch, if you like. Um, so yeah, so there's going to be those kind of problems. Um, probably player fitness and injuries as well. I mean, it's been well documented this year about how many ACL injuries have been. Um, and that strain, you know, on, on, on the muscles and on the legs, um, 
you know, you, you don't want to risk any additional injury to players. And, you know, as I say, I'm thinking about the championship here as well. I think there's, there's players, you know, it's undoubtedly, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fact, if you like, that the Super League players are going to be fitter than the championship players, so they're going to be better equipped to deal with it. But, um, you know, for the championship players, how, you know, if you get to a point where you're playing um, Saturday, Tuesday every week for a period of, you know, five or six weeks, then that's going to be very, very tough on them. Yeah, I mean, we have actually had a question from Jude about this because obviously we've seen a lot on on social media with players uh, posting on their Instagrams and Twitter and whatnot is that a lot of players seem to be uh, continuing with their fitness regimes at home um, and it looks as though the club have issued equipment for them um, to obviously to do that at home, which is great to see. I mean, you know, especially to, to offer that equipment and to have that equipment. So... It looks as though they're encouraging the players to obviously keep up with those daily routines and and their fitness, their personal fitness regimes in particular as well. Yeah, I think um, I think we've got to because we don't know when the season's going to start again. Really, everybody's going to have to continue as if almost as if it's like a, an international break, if you like, but an awfully long one. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's going to have to keep in tip-top shape because you don't know how quickly the season's going to start again. You know, I don't think it's going to come to this, but if it came to the 30th of April and they said, right, we're going to start again in two weeks or whatever, um, your players are going to have to be sharp. But at the same time, you've got to be sensible with it because they're going to have to have the rest because I think they're going to have an intense period if the season does begin again. Um, but yeah, on the, on the question and the, the point about the... Um, the you know the the gym equipment. You know the club's being supportive of um, players and their individual training programs. Um, it's really great to see, and I think you know it'll get some bad press that sometimes players are struggling to to get the equipment in some cases. But what you've got to remember here is that some clubs have you know how many players will they have on the books to try to you know to to cater for. I mean you could use probably City or. Chelsea maybe as an example, you know, those of all the first team, the men's players will have God knows how many academy teams, um, they'll have the women's team, they'll have the development teams. Um, that's an awful lot of equipment to find um, yeah. and an awful lot of players to support outside of the usual environment. So, you know, with with respect really, I know it's you know, if they say you're doing a, a good job with their players, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But for some of the other clubs which are struggling I kind of sympathise with the difficulties which which they face. Yeah, I mean those what bikes. <laughs> I imagine they weigh a ton. So whoever's moving them about, it's doing a grand job. Yeah, and everything's happened so quickly as well, isn't it? You know, um, I think two weeks today I attended my last football match, um, and within that time, obviously we've had guidance issued. We've then had the lockdown situation. Um, we've had leagues suspended, we've had new deadlines about discussing when they might start, the goalposts have moved again and we've got new deadlines. And obviously at the time, you know, if we go back a couple of weeks, we had situations where, you know, there were there were symptoms of coronavirus in Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester. I think Manchester City might have had somebody who who could have been a link back to the illness with as well. Um, so at that time, you know, to to, to sort out where players stood and, you know, to sort out the, the training programmes and what they were going to do in terms of individual individual kind of at-home training. Um, it has all been very chaotic and kind of, well, not really last minute as such, but everything's had to be done in a real rush. A lot of, obviously, stuff has come out over social media in particular now because obviously it seems you know a really good way for players to communicate with their fans just to let them know they're okay and how they're doing and you know we've seen that from a lot of uh, other clubs as well I know Willie Kirk was uh, talking on um, the Women's Football Weekly uh, show on TalkSport last week about how his team are having uh, they're using Zoom and they're having quizzes and they're just getting together and getting online so they can keep up that um, communication and and that morale within the team and and things like that. I, I mean we've we've all it's all affected us in 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 different ways. I mean I, I know um, this isolation period that you know a lot of us are, are experiencing is something that we've never experienced before. But when you obviously, you're in a, a, a team environment like that, I mean, to utilise technology and be able to use it in such a way, it's pretty pretty good to see as well. Yeah, and I think, 
you know, the, the thing is, they, obviously, clubs and fans are going to be apart for some time, so it's important for everybody to to remind, well, probably provide a little bit of normality in people's lives in terms yeah. of the club's community and players communicating with fans, um, but also kind of reminding them that they are still there and they are still yeah. part of each individual community. Yeah. What they um, you know, it's, it's really important, but I think... I'd like to see more players stepping up, without a doubt. I don't think we've seen as many players as we could have seen, and that's no criticism towards the players. We've also seen some excellent examples using City as one, Esme Morgan, Lauren Hen, and Jill Scott. You know, they've reached out to the fans, they've reached out to the community, they've tried to keep smiles on faces. So, yeah, that's been great. And, yeah, it's a good job we've got things like social media at the minute, without a doubt. But, yeah, I'd like to see more clubs do it. I think there's some clubs who we haven't heard from so much. I think there's some players which we maybe haven't heard from as much as we could we could do, really. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice for, for more people to be involved. Um, because obviously we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Mm. Do you almost feel like there's an almost uh, a comforting feel that you can take away from it? Because I know a lot of fans, uh, and you know, I suppose I can I can draw on my own experiences that you know I, I work all week, um, I live for the football at the weekend. You know, when it comes around, it's what gets me through, and I, I know that is sort of reminiscent a lot on social media at the moment is that you know people are missing the football I mean I'm trying to look at it in the kind of like we've took our um you know the season's finished and it's it's summer and you know there's just no sport that's how I'm trying to focus you know focus my mind is it just as if it's like a a natural break in the year and and you know it's you know it's that downtime between you know the end of the season the season picking up again at the end of the, the summer sort of thing but you know it is really difficult if football is such a massive part of your life this is something you know we've obviously never had before and I think it sort of shows how in, how important football can be to some people you know that community you know the the fan base you know seeing your friends meeting your friends at the football matches and and those kind of things as well you know, to draw comfort on, you know, seeing your players, your favourite player on social media and just reaching out and doing things like, I think that sort of engagement that you have, it sort of almost softens the blow, maybe just a little bit. And like you said, to see uh, more engagement from clubs and more people getting involved would kind of just sort of help the situation a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. I think it's always nice to see players at the best of times even when it's um, when we haven't got a, a world crisis on our hands um, it's always nice a couple of times a week to be able to go on social media and see what the players are doing how they're feeling um, you know what normal life sometimes is for them as well um, you know because everybody has a different life and some of the, the players do lead interesting lives um, obviously we see inside the home sometimes like Lauren and um Esme. Yeah, that, to be honest, that took me took me by surprise, but it was very good. Like I didn't expect, like I didn't expect that whatsoever, and I thought they were it. It was really funny, really, really good, and it really did brighten up a lot of people's day. I think. Yeah, as I say, I, I, I would just like to see more. I think more um, updates from the clubs, maybe more features from the clubs in terms of what's going on. Uh, I know some of the clubs have been very supportive towards ourselves um, throughout the crisis and offering help where it can be provided. Obviously, it's a difficult time for everybody. Um, but, yeah, it would just nice, be nice to have a network from every club feeding back into the football world. Um, and at the minute, we've probably got maybe, I don't know, maybe 50% of that, but it'd be nice just for a little bit more um, you know, so I don't want any club to be forgotten, and I think some clubs financially are going to be really hit by this. Maybe not so much in the Super League, but certainly in the next level down. You know, so it would be it would be really good um, for for clubs to continue to reach out to fans, keep them at the forefront of the minds, and then mm. you know when we're talking about people rallying round for their football clubs, where this break ends, when we're talking about season tickets, when we're talking about people attending games again. Um, you know, we haven't kind of had a break in communication. Yeah. 
Um, the FA announced on Friday that uh, the leagues within tiers three to seven have reached a decision to bring their the seasons to an end with immediate effect. There's obviously been uh, a lot of backlash from this. A lot of clubs have come out and spoke out about how there's been um, little consultation with those uh, lower league clubs. And, and that's really disappointing to see. Do you feel that there's been a bit of an injustice there? Well, it's bizarre because I think um, Sunderland... Um, had a case where I think there are a number of points clear that look certain for promotion to the championship um, and obviously that's been blocked now by the decision which was made um, I think they've jumped the gun I think it's difficult because I think you've got to look at those steps which were um, kind of voided um, some of the facilities probably aren't great I think you had I think it's parts of I'm thinking of who had something like about 12 games to play because they'd had that many postponed yeah. um, they just couldn't get them played um, I think it was either they've got 12 games played or they're an awful way behind an awful long way behind the rest of the league in terms of the games which they have left um, a near impossible task there I think for them to complete anyway um, so yeah there's there's I think I think they've even gone as long as about two two three months without even playing a game. So for them, it would be really difficult for the season to begin again. But the clubs who've done well this year and are at the top of their leagues, yeah, it is really harsh. Um, and for them to not be able to complete the season or do it on a points average, maybe, um, so that teams are, get their rewards based on you know how they've performed throughout the whole season so far. It's it maybe wasn't the best decision to make. Um, I mean, the other thing is is that we're at the end of March. It's not as if we're, we're at the end of April or May here. There was a little yeah. bit of time to think about a decision. Um, but, yeah, the difficulty for us, the further down the pyramid you go is, you know, when do these games get played? If a break, if a break ends, um, a lot of these clubs will only play weekends. How can you schedule what's left to be played in midweek and on weekends um you know in some cases that might have been really difficult because that came out on friday um a lot of fans were expecting an announcement to come from on uh, the the status of the wsl and the championship leagues i mean how far away do you think we are from getting that announcement i'll be honest i think it could be within a couple of weeks um I still think that the league might get voided because I think it, I think, and it shouldn't do. But I think that the Premier League and the Football League are due to meet on Friday, unless any meeting is brought forward. Um, and I've got you know if it, if the heavyweights make a certain decision, um, you know, and I think they've already hinted that there could be difficult decisions to make if they make one of those difficult decisions, and it is to void their respective competitions then there's not much left other than the FA Women's Super League and the Championship mm-hmm. to make a decision on this season and they will be going against everything else which has been agreed by the Football Association. So I think it shouldn't be, but I think Friday is probably a big day for the FA Women's Super League, but it's got nothing to do with the FA Women's Super League. Um, but um, yeah, I think we've got to look at the crisis and I think for me, I'd wait another month. I think the mid to, to end of April um, gives you a better idea is it going to start again um, for me that cut off is the end of June if they're saying that they want fixtures fulfilled by the beginning of August in terms of starting again but how long can you leave it you know if we get to the end of May or even the middle of May um, and there's been X amount of deaths and you know they talk about that curve in, in government about you know the, the, the coronavirus cases and the deaths going down if mm-hmm. we don't see a change to that upward curve um, then we can't begin to start thinking about when the season's going to begin again um, so yeah I think I don't want a, a knee-jerk decision I don't want a, a quick resolution I'd like the Football Association to maybe carry this on at least for another month and let's let's reassess at the end of April. Mm-hmm. That gives you another what best part of three and a bit months to complete the competition. And mm-hmm. um, bearing in mind that there might be a, a, a little bit more self isolation involved as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want them to rush, and I think that decisions have been rushed lower down the pyramid. But yeah, let's see what happens rather than jump to a conclusion within the next seven to fourteen days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't feel like an impossible situation. I mean, 
the completion of the league, or, or both leagues in this case, is still a possibility, but it almost seems the further you know time goes on and, and how this situation does escalate, if it continues to escalate, you know, um, like you said, it, it would seem really um, unfortunate to jump into like a, a rash decision like we've seen from the FA on Friday. Yeah, and um, you know, I've said this before, and I, I really hope that the, the powers above listen to this. But for me, let, let this virus get out of the system. Yeah. Let it be over and done with. Let people go out again. Um, let normal life resume. You know, let's talk about starting the season again in August or September. September, say. Um, we've got what in Super League. I think we've we said we've got nine games left maximum. Um, in the championship and I think Charlton has played 12 there's a couple of other clubs who played 12 out of 20 so they've got 8 games left my, my solution's an easy one we start the season in September in terms of recommence the current campaign um, we play that till the end of November um, we also factor in there any remaining women's FA Cup fixtures you could put, you could put next year's country cup in there that's one for debate um, and then let's shut it off. Let's shut it off in November, and everybody has a, a six-week break, and we do another spring series. Although it's not ideal, we do the two thousand and what is it next year? Two thousand and twenty-one um, spring series. Um, you know, maybe from from uh, January to to May or end of April. Everybody plays each other once, and then we're back in sync with the calendar again. Um, obviously, we don't know what's happening with. Euro 2021 yet so we could schedule the, the, the end of the spring series for end of April to allow players time to to uh, link up with their respective nations just in case but for me that would be the that's the best alternative which allows this, the current season to be completed albeit probably six months later than it should have been but it also puts a bit of a stop gap in and also that you know with, with the clubs which are promoted and relegated or you know, it, it just gives them that chance to bed in a little bit as well before next season after what has what has been a difficult period. Yeah, how would you feel about um, a, a more intense schedule of uh, the games being played, say Wednesday night, and then over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and then you know a midweek fixture for the teams. Yeah, well, I think this is something which we've got to learn by um, for the long term, not just for the short term. You know, we, we tend to have gaps in our season where we'll play. Um, I think the, the I don't know if it was Lee Birch, London Bees manager, who mentioned this. Um, but for example, in December, I think some clubs played four games in about fourteen days. Mm-hmm. Yet there's huge gaps throughout the season where sometimes clubs have three weeks off, um, and it's it's a bizarre way to schedule a competition. You know, I, I just don't get the scheduling, to be honest. It's something which needs to be looked at, not only with the, the fixtures which are left, but also um, the long term for me. I think, um, you know, if, if we have to play midweek fixtures, and let's face it, the, the leagues are growing and the competition is becoming much stronger. Um, we've got team, more and more teams becoming professional. So there is going to be an element where you play on a weekend and you play in midweek. Um, a few times throughout the season so why can we not schedule for example if you've got X amount of London clubs why can we not have London derbies in midweek um, you know there, there'll be certain fixtures which you'd like on a weekend for example you know Man City Man United you'd like that to be a showcase game on a weekend you'd probably like Arsenal Chelsea to be to be very similar um, but you know we're in you know, year twenty twenty now, and the FA Women's Super League's what is it in its ninth year now? I think, and um, there's still bonkers scheduling. I just don't get why there's not straightforward common sense used within the scheduling of the the fixture calendar. Um, it, we're just not doing ourselves any favors. And yeah, we've 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 got a task that if the season goes ahead between now and August, then yeah, we've got a number of fixtures to try and fit fit in and accommodate um, players' jobs in some cases, travelling, you know, the, the fact that some teams have more games to play than others. Um, but, you know, this is a long-term picture that 
you know, come on, we've got, we're, we're trying to build this fantastic brand and we're trying to build what is, at the minute, even at the minute, two very competitive divisions um, with excitement at both ends of the table. But for goodness sake, let's start looking at when fixes are scheduled, you know, and let's not have these gaps. But also, if we're going to have to have midweek fixtures, which we are going to have to have at one point, because I think the Super League's going to grow and I think the Championship will grow as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of team, you know, teams in, in participating in those competitions, but you know, come on, let's let's stop being daft about the the spaces, but also midweek scheduling. We've just got to be a little bit more cautious, a little bit more sensible towards the issue. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you know a lot of fans have obviously had their opinions as to how they feel that a season should play out, but genuinely, if you were, if you were going to be asked the question if they put it if they gave you the decision time to to finish a season or not finish a season to make it void what would you do it's difficult because we don't know when it's going to end the mm-hmm. crisis um as i say i think this the season should continue however you can fit it into the calendar so as i say the, the safe option might be to say right we're not going to play football between now and september we're going to have a half season where we finish off the current campaign and then we'll have a stopgap a little bit like we had in 2017 when we switched from summer to winter and we'll get everything back in sync next year. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, you know, I just look at the clubs and I look at the impact on the clubs. I look at Man City and Chelsea, both of those clubs in, within their own right should have the opportunity to confirm their Champions League places. They should have the opportunity to continue the, the battle for the title. They should be a champion this season. Um, I look at Aston Villa, who've worked so hard yeah. um, and are ready for top-tier football. Um, the six points clear in their division, I think, to take away promotion from them, which which looks virtually a certainty with respect to the other clubs in that division. You know, I, I think that would be really harsh. I look at you've got five clubs battling for relegation at the bottom of the championship. One club should really go down. Although the fact that tier three is now void then poses the question: Can they be relegated? You know, they've kind of every decision should have been made at the same point, and it hasn't been. Yeah. So now we've got a bit of a, I think, a dilemma. Yeah, that, but, I, I think that's half the problem. I think if they'd actually come out, if the FA actually come out and actually made a joint statement on behalf of all the leagues, all the tiers, on behalf of women's football, it would have been easier to take. But it's almost offered up this sort of um, rumour mill of that the, the FAWSL is, is going to be nil and void, um, which I don't understand why they've done that. You know what I mean? Like It's not even like we've got to, like you said, the end of April and they've they've just made this decision it's it's just and and not waited to see how you know things go it just like you said it just seems almost crazy you know that they're not allowed or given the opportunity to be able to to see how things play out it is a, a massive disappointment on behalf of those teams that are you know wanting to to play and and see out their their seasons and I don't think it does the competition any good, you know, and I think there's clubs, I'm not criticising any of the clubs because we like to support them as much as we can, but the clubs within the bottom echelons of the FA Women's Super League um, who probably aren't geared up at the current state of play for long-term um, sustainability on the pitch in the FA Women's Super League, you know, I, I think there's, I don't want to highlight... Birmingham and Liverpool, but you look at the seasons they've had, you look at um, their investment in comparison to the other sides. Don't know whether you can obviously Bristol um, has struggled also, but if you you know, if you single out Birmingham and Liverpool, um, where a lot of play a lot of clubs have made a lot of impressive signings this year. Yeah. Um, that hasn't happened for those two clubs and you know, you've got to question whether, you know, in the long term they're gonna be sustainable based on you know the, the squads that they have at the, at the top level um, in comparison to oh, sorry in contrast to that you've got the likes of Aston Villa and Sheffield United at the Championship who are investing heavily in their their sides I think Villa are full time I'm not sure whether Sheffield United are yet or not but you know the, these clubs are wanting to be part of the elite for, for many years to come um, so you know by, by, by voiding things you're giving clubs a second chance 
um, you know, in what has been difficult seasons for them and some difficult sets of circumstances. Um, should those clubs be allowed that, or you know, should we be offering places to to clubs in the top flight, which have really um, really driven on um, during the last twelve months? Yeah, I mean, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, like I said, there's discussions to be had, decisions to be made, but. Uh, with all the rumours and uncertainty and surrounding this situation, uh, hopefully we will get some clearer answers, like you said, in the next couple of weeks at least. So it will give, hopefully, some hope that maybe, like you said, that the the clubs left in the, the WSL and Championship League will get to see out their seasons at least. Yeah, I think, as I say, I, I think we, you know, I'd like to see a decision made by the end of April. Um based on what has happened with the coronavirus and whether cases are still going up or whether they're beginning to drop. Mm. Um, it allows a little bit of time for a recovery and for those figures to drop um, if you leave it four weeks. It also doesn't leave the clubs out of the loop for too long, but it does allow for if the situation changes, we can begin the season again. Um, we've got to think about things where um, you know, people might be told to self-isolate for a longer period, even when the the virus does drop off. Um, so you know, you you've then got to look at the merits of whether playing behind closed doors for a short period might be something worth thinking about. Um, some of the players in the women's game classed very much the same as you know you and me in mm. terms of how we should self-isolate. At this stage, it's too difficult to say because we know how how much it's changed just in the last fortnight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we need to make a decision. But um, I'd like them to go down points per game, or I thought that won't be too favourable with yourselves. But, no. Yeah, <laughs> no. But that's it. Like even um, for us, I I think. You know, even our position was top of the league. I mean, obviously Chelsea's got that game in hand. I mean, our last game was obviously against Chelsea and it, it's been such an exciting, competitive season. And even, I just want to know how it's going to play out. You know, I'm not expecting that we'll win the league. Hopefully we might. <laughs> but I just want to know how it ends. You know, there's there's that as well. And, you know, the FA Cup obviously is still to play for. It has been a very exciting season. Um, we had another derby, um, you know, coming up as well. So, you know, there were a lot of good games in there and there are way more important things going on in the world at the moment, um, understandably. And, you know, however this, this situation does progress uh, with regards to coronavirus, first and foremost, everyone's health comes first, you know, and hopefully getting this under control and, and finding a way forward because it just seems like an impossible situation with everything going on and we're still here talking about football but yet it's just crazy you know I can't I can't believe that we're in this situation I you know I was in Wales last week and I was really like worried and anxious with everything at work and and things like that and I'm fortunate enough to be able to to still go to work but I know there are people aren't I mean my wife is at home and she's going crazy we've spent our first day together in isolation and she's like I'm glad you're going back to work on Monday and it's just you know and how long how long have we you know people's situations how long you know we don't even know ourselves how long this is going to last so you know people have said obviously two three weeks but it it could go beyond that and like I said it's just an ever-changing situation and I suppose you've got to take it day by day. Yeah, that's right. And I think just looking at the virus and the figures themselves, I think um, when the lockdown start Monday night, uh, they say that people have the symptoms about five days before, don't they, I think, before they could come out. Yeah. So what's that, Tuesday? We're about five days now. So you'd like to think that if people have been isolating since Monday, hopefully the spread might begin to peak off a bit, although mm. I know that they're saying that we haven't hit the worst of it yet um i think today there's been a lot of bad news in terms of deaths i think there's been best part of 300 which isn't good no. um so yeah um we, we don't really know what lockdown's going to do for us yet as i say we've, we've only been doing it five days it's it's only really as long as they recommend you know the oh sorry the the official kind of word is for how how long you could carry the symptoms for before they come out. Um, give it another two or three weeks, we'll probably know a little bit more. We'll have seen what you know where, where this is going. 
Um, but, um, you know, I think people are just going to try and stay safe for now. But as I said, don't make decisions with regard to the football. Don't make decisions too hasty. Mm-hmm. Um, because nobody really knows what's going to happen in the next two weeks. We could be over the worst. We could have the worst yet to come. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to see the season voided. I certainly don't want to see the season voided. I'd rather either we do a spring series next year and start the, the second half of this season or the final stage of this season much later in the year um, for safety or we do it on points per game and we award clubs based on their performance in the first however many months of the the current season before it was suspended. Um, I'd rather, and I think everybody's probably with us with that, that I'd rather there be a conclusion rather than the fact that it hasn't hasn't ever started. Um, And, um, you know, things like the player records as well, because I know somebody commented the other day about all the, the player records which could be wiped out from this season. You don't really want to see that. You don't want to be... I mean, I'm not a statistician as such, but you don't want to be the person who's got to rewind all the work they've done in terms of the facts and figures all, all this season. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would just, you know, plead with the Football Association to take, take a little bit of time and caution and, um, you know, don't... As I say, my, my favourite Friday, don't follow in the path of what the Premier League and the Football League do, just do your own thing, do what you think's right for the Women's Super League and the Championship. If the Premier League make a decision on Friday and they void the competition um, or they set a deadline, it doesn't mean to say that it's got to be the Super League and the, the Championship's deadline as well, or same decision. Um, you know, we're, we're at the point now where we're, we're big enough, you know, how many, in size, how many countries do we now broadcast to? I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's edging towards hundred, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we, you know, we get huge exposure of our game now. Um, we should be able to make our own decisions about what we do going forward. So, as I say, I, I hope that we don't follow the blanket decision, which has happened at the certainly in the the lower non-league levels of the men's and women's games within the last forty-eight hours. Let's just hang on just a little bit, even if it's till the end of April. Um, and then we make a concrete decision of, right, this is what we're going to do. I think everyone will pretty much echo that sentiment. Uh, Dan, I, I don't think you could probably put it any better. Uh, <laughs> so I hopefully let's just hopefully get some good news over the next uh, couple of weeks and uh, we have a league that we can get back to and look forward to in the in the coming weeks or months at least. Man City have announced they've offered the Etihad Stadium uh, over to the NHS to use it however they need in the ongoing fight against coronavirus. Uh, they're the latest football club to make the gesture. Um, what a, a fantastic gesture it is as well. You know, the, I, th- I think we've seen so many players um, offer to be volunteers as well for the NHS um, the last few hours. Yeah. Um, and well, the last few days even. Um, you know, everyone's wanting to do their bit. Um, we know... And I know personally from working with Manchester City just what a, a community-based club it is, despite the size of the club. They've still got the community roots at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've only got to walk into the academy stadium and when you go in there, um, you know, and you walk up the stairs, kind of get into the, the press box. Um, that You know, there's pictures of the tea lady and, you know, the, the, the kit man and... God knows what else, hanging on the walls, you know, it's got a community feel about it. Um, It's very much a community club, it's very much a club for the people of Manchester. Um, So, you know, it doesn't surprise me, I think it's a wonderful gesture by the club, but I don't think it surprises me one bit because, um, you know, this is what Manchester City is about. Um, They're about the people of Manchester. And not only that as well, they've offered support to local food banks as well in Manchester, which, and teamed up with United to do that as well, which is great. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of good good things come from the last few weeks. You know, lots of positives, despite it being such a, a difficult time as well. Yeah, and it's great to see City and United coming together, to be honest. Um, I mean, this, this season, obviously, there's been a new rivalry in the women's game struck up between the two sides. Um, at times, it's been fierce. At times, it's been friendly. Um, you know, I think... Certainly, from from running our publication, we've had the best from both groups this year, um, and you know both both sets of fans should be proud of what they're achieving on the terraces. Um, but um, yeah, to see 
to see the two clubs come together, you know, in unity at this time is what it should be about, really. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's fantastic for for Manchester and obviously the the, the surrounding area as well. Um, both for those who need the the NHS, sorry, NHS health, and also the the food banks, um, because. You know, we, we've got a situation now as well where people are losing the jobs, we're falling back into recession, people yeah. need these lifelines um, more than ever, ever before or certainly for a lot of years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fantastic that that both clubs are really rallying around and, you know, trying to help people as much as they can within the community. It is really good to see. I mean, especially, like, heartwarming. I mean, like you said, the com- the community, you know, people coming together, the kindness that everyone's shown, the offers, the gestures of support and, you know, helping each other out. It's just been incredible, really, the coming together of, of the communities. Yeah, I mean, you know, fo- football's family, isn't it? It's it's not blood-related, but football's family, or some will argue that it is blood-related. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the city will say that there's blue blood in the veins, but, um, yeah... It, it, you know, it is part of your family. Um, you know, you, you can say whatever you want about football, but, you know, if you go there week in, week out to every game and, you know, whether it's home or away, you, you know, if you can't make it, you're watching on TV, you're watching the highlights, you, you're following it on social media. Um, it's a big part of your life and, you know, it, it, it is. It's part of the family and um, it, the football club is caring for the community just like you would for, you know, your grandparents right now or, you know, that, that, that person within your family who, who can't function themselves during the current climate. So it, it really is fantastic to see. Um, but as I say, I mean, from, from City's point of view, it's they've always been very much about the city of Manchester. They've always been um, a community club, even when they've, you know, from now that they're, they're one of the giants in the Premier League, um, and long may that continue. We had uh, one last question, so I'm going to finish the podcast with this one because I thought it was uh, a good way to end. Um, Kath has sent a question in saying, if you had to choose, who would be your favourite uh, Man City women football player? Who would it be? And um, no bottling out. I don't know what she means by no bottling out, <laughs> but uh, I was going to ask. So I was going to ask you, who is your favourite uh, player for Man City? And also, who is your all-time favourite player as well? Yeah, no, I, I probably haven't been watching the game as long as you have, so that's the <laughs> favourite. I'm going to say Alan White, and I'm just going to say Alan White because there's a lot of there's a lot of people who say you know, and, and I've had it all the, the last few years covering the women's game that you know it's behind the men's, it's not the same. People can't get into it, and so on and so on. But for me, Alan White is as good a out and out. Um, striker in the women's game is what you'll see in the men's game. I'm not saying that um, you know she can go and be an Aguero or whatever. I'm I'm saying that in terms of her technique, it's as close to a men's striker as you're going to get. It's you know if, if if we're talking a football just as football without without sex coming into it. In terms of the role which a, a typical top class striker should have and their attributes, I think Ellen's got it. Um, so I'm going to say Ellen White on that one. All times a tough one. It's a tough one, you know, because it, it, it's funny. You you you've probably seen some of the best from the likes of Andy Duggan and Nikita Paris. Because I watch City week after week, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm a curse or what. But when I've when I've watched players like that, I've never really got what they're about, <laughs> which yeah. is bizarre. But. Um, I don't know. You, you, you'll have seen them a lot more than me. I'm sure you, you'll have seen the world-class elements of those players. But I'm going to say of all time, I'm going to say Seth Houghton. It's, it's an easy one. It's probably a quick get-out. Good um, choice. You know, everything <laughs> which Manchester represents. You know, she's obviously captain. And, um, you know, that, that steel at the back. And, you know, having spoke to her a lot, a, a lot when she's been on international international duty with the Lionesses as well. Yeah. Um, she's just a class act. She's a leader. Um, she's a, a player who you'd very much want to build your team around. Um, and, you know, she, she's just great for the community as well. Yeah. And again, you know, when you need people to lead, you know, she, she comes up trumps. And, you know, you think of, you know, Steph's got, we all know that Steph's got a difficult life away from football. Um, but you know the fact that she just turns up every week, puts in fantastic performances, um, and that she's that role model for club and country. Um, yeah, for me, I'll, I'll I'll give her the the all time gong for that. 
Yeah, I would have to absolutely agree with that. I mean, she's, like I said, she's had a setback through injury, um, you know, her personal life as well, but she's ever the professional, you know, she's the epitome for me of the women's game. Um, she's been someone that I've, you know, watched very closely over, the, well, the years since I, since I got involved with the women's game, even from her, their days at Arsenal. So, you know, I, I, I love Steph. I think she's a, a fantastic role model and um, she's got so much courage and professionalism and she's she really is a leader and I, I think you know when Steph does hang up her boots I think it'll be a very sad day and a, and a great loss to the women's game because she is just just like you said just a, a fantastic role model really for for the professional game yeah I'd agree and um you know it's she, you know, for particularly for the inter, for the national team, she's had some unfair criticism recently as well. Yeah. And um, you know, obviously, because England haven't done so well, um, obviously, manager will first and foremost come in the firing line. But it's kind of who do you look at next? And people naturally look at the players who are leading the team because they expect they expect them to put in a, a world class performance every time they go on the pitch. But you know, I think I think she does an excellent job. I think. Um, you know, she does get unfair criticism for the national team, but um, you know, I, I think she's superb for both club and country. You know, and name me a better player than Steph Alton to put in her position. I don't think you can. No, yeah, I don't think you can either. To be honest, I think she's she's definitely one of the best centre backs in the women's game for sure. So on that note, uh, Dan, I just wanted to to finish on talking about the magazine obviously you've announced on twitter that you're putting together a free pdf version of the magazine um because of coronavirus and obviously the the limited content that you're able to get at the moment i mean obviously this has had an effect on you um do you want to just talk a bit a little bit about that yeah i mean first and foremost the monthly editions which we've been sending out um, and producing for the past 20 months I think um, we've obviously had to hold those for obvious reasons to, you know we, we just can't fill 48 pages in the in the current climate when there's no games there wasn't a game played in March so it's impossible um, you can still get those from the Manchester City Women official supporters club so if you, if you haven't got our March edition yet if you contact them I'm sure they'll sort you out um, whether that be by post or keeping you a copy for after the crisis to collect, um, then you know we'd, we'd really appreciate your support in in, in getting your copy. Um, we are currently selling bundles from back issues. If you haven't got some of our former issues, I think we've got most of them in stock. Um, and um, yeah, we we just thought to keep smiles on faces and to keep a little bit of normality in there in difficult times. We're going to produce a sixteen page special beginning of April um, with a little bit just a little bit of news from each club we'll get some messages from supporters clubs in there maybe players uh, we'll get a few features we'll look at the lionesses in the she believes that sort of thing um, but yeah we, we understand as well at the minute that people are losing jobs we've, we're falling into recession um, so we're going to offer that free of charge um, and yeah it's just going to be an online version as well um, but yeah, just if you keep an eye on our social media in the next few days, um, we'll give you details of how we can send you a copy. Just in case um, people wanted to find you on social media, where will you be? First thing is, um, we're, we're up and running with our website. Um, we've actually had re- record visitors this month. We've had nearly 50,000 people on the site, which has been fantastic. Brilliant. Um, so that's Um We're getting... I think we're getting two or three articles a day on there, which is really good. Um, but yeah, we're getting anything between a thousand and three or four thousand visitors a day, which is brilliant. If you look on Twitter at FAWSLFT, um, same on Facebook. We don't use Facebook as much, but yeah, if you, if you keep an eye on our Twitter page, we'll, we're going to put an article on there as well on the website um, when we release the, the one off edition. Brilliant. Yeah, and we'll obviously retweet that as well. So. Uh, for our followers it's been great talking to you Dan I, I know it's been a while and hopefully it won't be that long next time and I hopefully look forward to seeing you soon at a game yeah just um I just like to say to everybody obviously stay safe stay at home support the NHS support us obviously we still need you during these times yeah um, whether it be interacting with us um buying the magazine um giving us your opinions I think 
you know, staying safe is also the mental aspect. Um, we want to be able to talk to people if people want to talk about football or whatever, or whatever else, you know, is, is on their minds. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, you know, echo what's already been said, stay safe, um, but let's keep talking and, you know, don't be alone if there's anybody sat at home listening to this, this fan cast and, um, you know, they haven't been out, they haven't spoken to anybody within a couple of days. Um, you know, pick up the phone, look on the internet and, you know, let's keep talking. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I think now more than ever, I think it's important for us all to to reach out to one another and make sure everyone's doing okay and just to be that bit of support if someone needs it. It's it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think, we, you know, we're, we're all finding this tough and it might get tougher um, before it gets better. I'm sure it will. Um, but, yeah, let's. I mean, for, for me personally, I don't turn the news on too much because it, it, it depresses me a bit when I see it every night. And you, you know, you, you've got the prime minister's speech and everything. Um, but yeah, if it works for you, talking about football twenty four seven, then yeah, do it to you know to break out of that that kind of depression. Go out for a walk. Um, you know, it, it, it's just important to uh, to get too bogged down with the country's problems at the moment as remain aware of, you know, what, what the situation is. Absolutely, absolutely. And hopefully it won't be too long before we're back at our stadiums, supporting our teams and uh, having a good day of football. I, I do believe it's not that far away. Take care of yourself and uh, thank you for your time today. I've really enjoyed speaking to you and uh, like I said, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yeah, cheers Emma, stay safe. You too mate, bye.